The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next on Life Today. And that's really a mandate for us as believers. We have to understand what we're really battling. And, and the devil and God are not two gods battling each other. We have a God and an angel with a God complex. And that angel with a God complex is on the earth, believes the earth is his, and anyone on the earth he believes he has control over. Havila Cunnington reveals truth about spiritual warfare and helps us identify whether our struggles are from God, ourselves, or the enemy. You know what, I, I don't know how you feel about watching life today, but, but we're honored that you watch. And more than anything, we're honored that you, you share life today. Matter of fact, we're, we're sending this book, Riches of Christ, what true prosperity looks like. It's so far beyond just material things. It's just, it's incredible. And, and when we get to share with you the riches of Christ and His glory. It's just a blessing. You know one of the main ways we do it? Is we share people He's flowing His love through. God's love flows through yielded vessels and channels. And Havila Cunnington is one of those vessels. Now I happen to know her dad, and I've known him a long time. <laughs> His name is Francis Anfuso. Hey Francis, beautiful daughter. <laughs> and uh, you know I love you buddy, and what a visionary. You and I have dreamed a lot of dreams together. Some of those things we haven't yet seen come to pass. They still need to happen. And, uh, you know, God is sure using this girl, and I'm sure your family. And I want you to welcome Havila, who wrote, Stronger Than the Struggle, Uncomplicating Your Spiritual Battle. Would you welcome Havila to life today? <laughs> well, I, you tell your dad hi. He loves and respects you a lot. <laughs> well, really. I, I do him too. We we really had a lot of fun talking about reaching young people. Yeah. And uh, you know you uh, you have uh, several boys yourself. I do. Four children. Four. I boys. have four boys. We had four boys in five years. Um, so my husband and I, we've stopped kissing. We've stopped hugging. <laughs> we are. We are. Yes. We're we're doing our best. I said I will receive prayer for anything other than right here. If you pray for this, I'll slap your hand away. Yeah. Just so you know, I, I don't want miracle babies. I want miracle college funds. So that's where we're at in our life. Yes. That's great, Evelyn. Yes. Okay, stronger than the struggle. Okay, you're a preacher's kid. Yeah. You grew up, I'm sure, in the wonders of church. <laughs> uh, and now you're at Bethel in yes. uh, Reading, a great church that's seen some real significant spiritual breakthroughs yeah. and fabulous praise yeah. and worship. It's just a, a wonderful thing. Okay, so when you talk about stronger than the struggle, are we starting here with just a biblical lesson? Are we starting here with a personal life lesson and experience? Yeah. And taking people somewhere. Tell me about this. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a, I am a church kid. 
And my dad was an evangelist. He traveled eight months out of the year, and us kids were on the road six months out of the year. And I spent my childhood in a diverse communities of the body of Christ. Anything from very conservative to very Pentecostal and, you know, kind of out there. And so what I learned as a kid was really to see really the diversity was happening in the church. But what was also interesting was to see what people were teaching how people were understanding certain things. And when I, you know, I, I didn't see myself as a minister. In fact, I never wanted to be ministry. I always said my sister was signed up to go to nursing school and I was going to live off my parents. That was my plan. <laughs> and I, at 17, I found myself in the backseat of a car. Some guys had picked us up from church, my sister and I, to go to a party one night. And we're in the backseat of this car. I feel the presence of God come in this car, which remember, you know, I didn't hear it audibly, but I sensed it just like when you begin to hear the voice of God and I began to hear him speak to me and he kept saying, you know, have a little, call to more than this. You can't, you can't live like this. You can't be stuck in the backseat of this car. And I felt so compelled with his presence that I shouted out over the music, can you turn the music down? And so the guy in front turns the music down and I, and I did not know what I was gonna say because I knew I should say something. And so I shouted out, I have a call of God on my life. <laughs> And it was very awkward. I mean, it was not beautiful. There was nothing beautiful about it. Um, but as I said it, I began to cry because I think something happens when both we're living two different lives and we're, we're putting them together and we're becoming the same person, the same everywhere, the same person. And I began to cry and I look over at my sister and she's crying. So I know God's doing something in this car. And I and so I'm compelled for these friends because I know I'm have ruined their whole night. I'm shouting out, I have a call of God on my life in the back seat of their car. And so I say to them, I'm going to follow Christ and you're welcome to come with me if you like, but this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve Christ. And as I'm saying that, I'm weeping and I laugh to this day because I look out and they took us home. They never said a word. The guy just <laughs> drove us home. So we get out of the car. We get out of the car. We walk into the house. My parents are sound asleep. It's dark. I'll never forget this. I'm 17 years old. I kneel down by one of our beds and I say this prayer out loud. God, I'm not much. I'm young. I'm 17. I'm a girl which is evident. And I don't have any special gifts or graces on my life because I was, uh, I had learning disabilities my whole life. I came from a family that was very highly educated. I, my grandfather was an Italian immigrant who came over from Staten Island, lived in a one bedroom apartment in New York and took himself through a law school and then became a Supreme Court justice of New York State for four terms. And I could barely pull a C. I was so embarrassed. I couldn't read out loud in high school. I, no one could read my handwriting, which was a problem because I wasn't going to medical school. And so I, you know, I really battled with this kind of insecurity. Like, God, I don't know how you're going to use me. I, I'm very confused by this. Pick somebody who has what you need because I don't have what you have. I have a twin. She looks like me. I'm sure you got us mixed up. Pick her. And, and the Lord began to talk to me about using this kind of part of my life where I was embarrassed and kind of humiliated to realize I felt so lost in life. I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me, your mandate, your life call is to uncomplicate spiritual, big, big spiritual concepts that can sometimes be complicated and uncomplicated for the church. Wow. And that's what I've been doing for the last 20 years. I've been sitting and taking moments of my life and uncomplicating that. Mm -hmm. So that's really my journey into the story and into this, into this book. Now, how would you help, and in this book, how do you help a person understand the real battle is a spiritual battle? 
Right. And we are bigger than the struggle because Christ is in us and he's greater than all. Right. So how do you simplify this complicated reality? Right, because it, it does feel complicated. And what we find, the church can be somewhat confusing because we've, you know, we've been in the church for a long time. Some parts, I like to call them two camps. One camp is they never talk about the enemy. They never talk about spiritual battles. They, it's very scary. It's shut down. Sometimes if somebody acts out, they have that one person that takes them out. You know, sister so-and-so with the Jesus pen takes them out and they pray that when they come back, nobody catches it, right? And then you have the other side of the church that's kind of here, devil, there, devil, everywhere, devil, devil. You know, you sneeze in front of them and they're like, be released in Jesus' name, right? And you're like, I didn't even know I had anything. They're like, well, you look freer. So, you know, and, and you run out of gas and they're saying the devil took my gas. And I'm like, I don't understand. The devil has time to take your gas. Like I'm so lost. And so the Bible is very clear. He says, don't be ignorant of the schemes. And you know, we, we don't, I love what T.D. Jake says. He says, uh, we must understand our enemy for we cannot defeat what we do not understand. And that's really a mandate for us as believers. We have to understand what we're really battling. And, and the devil and God are not two gods battling each other. We have a God and an angel with a God complex. Yeah. And that angel with a God complex is on the earth, believes the earth is his, and anyone on the earth, he believes he has control over. He's and so, so deceived, he believes that. He believes, exactly. Yeah. He doesn't know that the battle's already been won yeah. and that we, we are- He's already defeated. He's already <laughs> defeated. And so we have to go into understanding how does the enemy operate? Because we'll blame everything on him or we won't give any credit if we don't know how he operates. So you take it from the basic foundational chapter of, of John chapter 10, 10, which says that thief comes to kill and to steal and destroy, which we've all said, but you have to go deeper in to understand it. And the first word is the thief. And that word thief in the Greek means klepto. I know that sounds familiar to a lot of us, the <laughs> listeners that are listening, because they're going to go klepto. You mean like the, Amer the English word? And we go, yeah, it actually is. In fact, if you dig deeper, it means pickpocket, <laughs> bandit. It means to embezzle, which means he slowly takes what we're willing to give over and over and over. Now, the people go, why am I struggling? Well, there's another aspect and that is to kill. Now I used to think kill meant like the devil was violent and he's out to get us and he's got, you know, he's just this little horns and little, you know, like whatever. And, but what I found was kill actually means sacrifice. And so this is what it means. What the enemy of our soul cannot take from us, he will convince us to give away. Wow. And so most of the church I'm finding in the body of Christ, they are, the enemy is not taking anything from us. We are giving it away because we lack endurance. We lack clarity. We lack, we're biblically illiterate. We don't know enough of what the enemy's like. So we blame it all on him or we don't actually know what is hit, what's, what he's dealing with us about. So really going after that. And so I begin to kind of unpack that spiritual battle. So the way, how do we fight the enemy? Because that's the number one question people are going to ask. They're going to go, okay, now if I know it's the enemy, how do I know? No. Well, Jesus gave us a perfect example in Luke chapter four. He gave us a strategy to fight the enemy. He, you know, he goes in the desert. He's hungry, 40 days of not eating. He's fully God, fully man, walking the earth. He's spent three years in preparation ministry for, um, th 30 years, excuse me, for three years of ministry. He's gonna be, it's crazy if you think about Jesus' life. He's about to leave the earth with 120 people in his church. Not a mega church, <laughs> not multiple campuses, just 120 people, right? And, and 12, 
12 leaders, and one of which has him killed. So not a great leadership team either. But leaves yeah, the earth. Him. Right, oh, right, yeah, and another one denied him. Oh, yeah, another one that never That's, That's right. right. So yeah. this is not, like, not, we wouldn't think you could take the world over with this. But Jesus knew the message of what he was doing and the reality of what he was doing on the earth was going to work. He knew that. And he trusted us because he knew he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a twin spirit, the Bible says. And he sends the Spirit to live within us so that we are never without him. And that's what makes us powerful. Everywhere we go, it makes us powerful because we have him. Mm -hmm. And so we begin to understand this battle. And Jesus gave us a strategy back to Luke 4. He said he looks at the enemy. And every time the enemy picks on him, he says, it is written. Yep. He gives us this phrase. <laughs> and I, I want us to look at, for just a second, I want to talk about Luke, um, Ephesians chapter um, uh, 5. And it talks a little bit about this where um, it talks about the armor of God. Am I in the right chapter? I hope I'm in the right chapter. Five or six. Five yeah. or six. I'm, I'm close. Yeah, I have four kids. The they right each book. took a portion of my brain, and that's the problem. I'm pulling it back. This is, I'm just asking for him to restore my brain. So, so but what we find is, is that G, he says to them, put on the armor of God, and then he says, put on the helmet of salvation, and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And we've all been taught that the Word of God is the Bible, which it is. But translated in that verse, it does not mean logos, which is Bible, written word of God. It means rhema word, which mm -hmm. means a quickened and specific word of mm -hmm. the spirit. So what he said to the believers, this small church, he says, listen, when the enemy comes, you're not going to just take out your Bible and hunt and peck. We used to call that where you just, you know, you're in a desperate moment. You close your eyes, you put your finger down <laughs> and you get into like, give me a word. And it's like, and so-and-so begot, right? It's always the begots. And you got to go, okay, I'll Give you two out of three, God. Let's try this again. <laughs> but, you know, that's not what it's about. What it really is about is knowing that we are in the word, building our pantry, building our strength and endurance. But when it comes to the battle, we go into that, that pantry and we pull out the meal we need. The Holy Spirit does and he reveals it to us. And we say, not anymore. Mm -mm. And, we, and we cut the enemy. Now, I want to say, I want to explain this. When Roman soldiers used to fight the enemy, we used to think Roman soldiers had these large swords and they would go and fight. We see big movies where they're cutting and slashing. But that is not historically accurate. What is historically accurate is that the swords they carried were about the size of a dagger. <laughs> and they were taught never to cut and slash but only to use as little energy as they can for the endurance for the battle. And so I believe as Christians, we spend way too much time and energy cutting and slashing, hoping we defeat the enemy when really we need to be more strategic in how we fight him and go, nope, I'm not going to allow that. I was thinking back to a moment when I was a young Christian and I was, um, I was preaching and I went to a church, and at this church, the pastor interrupted me and um, during the altar call. And I thought, that's kind of interesting. Went out to a meal that night, and I said to him, you know, what did you think of the message tonight? And he said, well, do you really want to know? Which I just want to give you a hint. If anyone says, do you really want to know, never agree. Just say, no, I really don't. God bless you. But I said, yes, I would like to know. And he said, well, I don't believe in anything you did tonight. I don't believe in what your message was. I don't believe in women doing what you did. And if I would have known what you were going to bring, I would have never had you. Mm. And I remember walking into our hotel room that night. My parents were asleep. My dad was preaching in another church. And as I'm crying, I tell him the story. He says, he says something that marks my life forever. He says, Havala, I guess you get to decide if man called you or God called mm. you. And I would love to say that those words lingered with me. But you know what lingered with me? The words of that man. Mm. And I had to fight those words for many, many years. And what I found 
was the book of, 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 of Timothy where Paul says to Timothy, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. And I used that as a sword for many years and it helped me through my many battles. We all have different battles. We all have different swords and we have to figure that out. And that's how we learn. And in that battle, you forgave what he did even while you were dealing with it. You didn't let it stick like a dagger. Let me let me just say that you are hearing a flow. You appreciate mm -hmm. the flow of God that you heard through heaven. You you have a supernatural anointing that is undeniable, and you flow like a river. And uh, what you're hearing is fantastic. And what's in here, I believe, is going to be illuminating. I believe it's going to set captives free. This is what you reveal right. in this book that we are stronger in Christ. Yeah, Christ are. in us is bigger than the enemy, bigger than the deceiver, yes. bigger than the one that's come to take us away. Yeah. And I believe you have uncomplicated spiritual battles. Don't you love the clarity with which having a spoke to us <laughs> and the anointing? You make me sound like I don't have any zeal or any fire. I got to get fired. You make Beth Moore look like she's not fiery. You are, you are a blessing. And Hardly. Francis and your family, what a beautiful daughter. Jesus is beautiful in her. She's beautiful in Christ. This is a terrific book. And I hope that you will go online. I hope you get it. Go to the bookstores. I believe it will uncomplicate many things for you. And Betty, I know you didn't say much, but can you say I'm a big amen? I'm it all in. Amen. You know, I think it's so important that we realize the battle is here. Whether yeah. we fight in it or not, the battle is here. It's and true. why would God give us an armor to put on if he didn't, didn't well expect said. to be a battle? You know? Love that. So we just need to be prepared for the battle. Yep. And we are definitely in it. You can't choose not to be in the battle. It's on. <laughs> you know, our, our viewers, and I'm telling you, you are so special. I honestly believe that, uh, you know, the most remarkable people who watch life today not only say, James, thank you for sharing truth through so many different vessels, because Betty and I believe we're, we're two people, that we're a chosen generation, just like you, we're part of that. But, but we're not the focal part. We're not the, the centerpiece. Christ is. And it's his body, not the somebodies we need to focus, but his body and God flowing through the yielded bodies of believers. And that's what we show you on life today. But there's something else we show you. And I think right here is where the real spiritually sensitive people, in my opinion, step up. Because if you watch life today, and some of you maybe not watched it before, but don't leave because you're going to see where we go. We try to show every believer, every viewer, that if you really want to experience life fully, then express it freely, release it. And we show you how you release it effectively so that it changes everything in a person's situation and in their life. Now I want you to watch and you just see if you don't want to be a part of an indescribable miracle. And this miracle depends upon someone like you saying yes to the Father's heart. Watch. Deep within the continent of Africa, on the western border of Burundi, flows the Ruzizi River. For those who live in the village of Musaga, it has been their only source of water. For generations, women like Casalida, a grandmother of four, and Beatrice, a young mother of two, the river has not been a source of life, but instead, a river of death. Kubya 
amazi n’ukuri atumerera nabi bwinshi cyane kubera nabo baguma bagwara mu kanya baguma bacibwamo no kuhitwa bakadahwa inzoka ukasana ziko ziraca no mukanwa Beatrice is not alone in her heartache Casalita living on her own has no choice but to walk miles each day to collect more of the same river water that took the life of her husband and her granddaughter ngorewe mugahinga nagirikinda aba ndacha mu buzima bubi n'uburabona ikintu meze uwo mwana ngwako arapfara herenze ngandi kuyarahimbo nemya yaramazunya kine ndamubona ko amagogwa wari yamuvyaye nawe nikimuga yaramugaye yari mu bitaro agirikimfasha losing a child or grandchild to unclean water is such a tragedy especially when one realizes there is a way to stop this cycle of death through mission water for life but it is not only the young who suffer You are, sweetheart. I wish you could hear that. You realize missionaries go over there and love these precious people. And one of the things the missionaries said to me and Betty when we said, we'll stay here and help you, and they years ago said, don't, it wasn't that they didn't want us to be around. They, they loved us. But they said, if you'll go back and ask people to help us, we can stay here and we can be effective. Because one of the biggest challenges we face when we've moved here, Betty, most all of them we met had moved there with their little children. And they moved right into the very pit of hell and pain. And they said, if you'll just help us, then we can not only share the gospel, but we can show them the power of love. We will have something to share. At that time, it was food. It was before we even recognized the importance of water. So when you watch that, and you hear the heart cry of those precious people. Betty, what goes on in your heart as a, as a mom? You know, as I watched that, the main thing I heard was they walked to the river of death. But I want them to walk to the well of life, the water that will give them life and give those precious children a chance in life. Please join with us and let's offer the well of life to them. Boy, you said a mouthful. It is because of the water of life in us, Jesus, that causes us to want to share water for life. But the missionaries not only give them a cup of water, you can give them a well of water that provides many cups, and then they're going to tell them about the water of life that led you and others like you to give them the cup of water and the well of water. We're going to lead them to Christ. And when you show people the love of God, they're anxious to hear about it and to receive the source of that love, and that love is Jesus. So here's what I'm asking you to do. The missionaries have showed us 400 places. They know there's water there. It could be revealed by a borehole that was dug by the, the people, but it got contaminated and filthy. Or they know in the area there's water there. You can tell. You can tell the terrain. They've got 400 places where the need is desperate, just like you saw. That's an illustration of it. And we're going to, with your help, drill those 400 wells. And we need a miracle of support. The wells cost $4,800. If you can give a well, now listen to me. If you can give a well, your company, your church, your prayer group, you individually, if you can give a well, do it. It's 4800 
Sometimes people say, well, I, I can give part of it. I can give 1,200. With three join you, we got a well. 2,400, one person joins you, we got a well. Please do it. Go online, dial the number, take your bank card, make the gift. Where could you put $144 and give 30 people water the rest of their life? Right here, by giving them a well. $48 gives 10 people. Would you make the gift God put on your heart right now? Father, I pray every person watching would be moved by your spirit. And I pray, God, they would believe for the miracle of love to be expressed through them in Jesus' name. Some of you may step up. You may go beyond what you ever thought you could do. But God, put it on your heart, and you're going to do it. Go online right now. Please go get your bike card. Call the number. Take your bike card. Make the gift God put in your heart. If you make a check, make it to life. But tell us, call us, and tell us what you're mailing. We need to know. 400 areas have the desperate need you just saw. We have the answer. Thank you so much for doing it. We have some very special gifts. We're going to send you to bless you as you bless others with the great gift of God's love and life. Water for life. Thank you. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink dirty, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. You can help end the suffering because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in over 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the riches of Christ, what true prosperity looks like. Filled with wisdom, prayers, and scripture, James Robison adds insight from what God has shown him about finding contentment in the Father's provision for your life. With your gift of $100 or more, please request the Children of the World Storybook Bible. This easy-to-read Bible features colorful art by children from nearly 50 countries around the world. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the Bridge of Faith Frame Canvas Print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online. You know, we again thank you for sharing the, the great gift of life and water for life. The Bridge of Faith, what a wonderful gift if you can make a gift. If you give a well or 1,200 or more, we'll send that along with the children of the world story, but Bible is just fabulous. And then a book that I really want you to get, The Riches of Christ. This is where I share what it really means to be prosperous. And then we bring in the insight of our pastor, Robert Morris, Tony Evans, uh, John Bevere, so many others who just contribute to what it means to really be experiencing the riches of Christ. I'm telling you, this is going to bless you and revolutionize your life. So thank you so much for your help. And uh, just pray others will join. Havila has got some kind of book, <laughs> Stronger Than the Struggle. By the way, you say, James, would you mind sending that to me if we help give water? You just ask for it. It's in the bookstores. Tell your friends about it. You can go online and get it. When you help us give water and you want Havila's book, you just ask for it. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Havila?
That's you. You go tell Francis and your mom how much we appreciate you. Uh, Francis, I hate to tell you, I think she's probably better than you. Probably a better communicator than both of us. Bless you. Thank all of you. Next week, Randy and Mary Travis share the hope of life after a stroke. The way we look at it now is we have a new song to sing. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.